If you do that one more time, Ariel, <laughs> you're getting the whip. Just let it be known. Everybody's rolling but me. All right, I'm rolling now. Um, I don't know. I felt that was necessary to announce that. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Go! <laughs> <laughs> um, you done puking over there? Yeah. All right. You got Christina's that Chewbacca called. for She's me? clear. She's puked. Uh, gross. Ew. <laughs> you got that Chewbacca for me? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh. oh. You gonna kick me in here, bro? Oh, or, oh! I was waiting for Chewbacca again. All right, oh, you have stumbled onto oh. the Profit First podcast, episode one, two, three. Oh, no. I started too early. Dang it! Oh, <laughs> oh my god! I don't think Ariel made any noise. Oh, there we go. go. There we go. Now we're talking. <laughs> Welcome nice. to the show, everyone. This is the Profit First Podcast. My name is Chris Curran. I'm the founder of Fractal Recording and Pause Your Life. Yeah, I'm, oh, I got to put that in my show notes that you're going to say and pause my life. And I'm Mike Michalowicz. I'm the author of Profit First and Surge. Surge. Listen, you're listening to the show. You haven't heard Sur- or read Surge yet? What's going on? <laughs> what? You can download it on Audible. You can pick up the book. Ah, ah. You're getting me jacked up. I'm joined in the studio by Christina Bulldog. Hello there. Hey, hey. And you, you are listening to the Perfect the Profit First Podcast this is a show where we discuss every single stinking element of profitability. Mm. If, if, at least you, if you've listened to all 123 episodes, by now you should be richer than Donald Trump himself. I mean, you'd be huge if you listen to every episode. That's all I'm saying. Hey, by the time this comes out, he might be president. Oh. No, <laughs> that, that was not a comment. I do not comment on politics. No, we are not choosing either side. Oh. <laughs> That's right. This show's all about profit because revenue might be tremendous, but profit is a mind benderous. Oh, that was a tough one. <laughs> that works. I think we did that one before. That's yeah, right. This show, we talk about profit, we interview a guest expert, and then actually the three of us give our takeaways afterwards. And you can also give your takeaways. You can comment on this post. Our website is ProfitFirstPodcast.com. That'll bring you to Mike's website. You can see all our previous episodes, and you can see links to iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn. We're anywhere you can find a podcast, this show is there. You can subscribe, and we love that. And... This is going to be a great episode about crowdfunding. Mike, I think we should do a little Profit First podcast crowdfunding thing. What do you think? Oh, my gosh. That's Dude. a good idea. Maybe <laughs> yes, please. Maybe our guest, Ariel Hayek, could walk us through it. You know, Christina's actually looking, looking to raise some money, and there's these sites called GoFundMe mm-hmm. where you can get personal funding. Something to consider. Even for things like a security deposit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're looking for a new apartment? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was a guy that went on a, uh, a business trip and he used GoFundMe. He had an opportunity <laughs> with a prospect, and he went to GoFundMe, and people paid for his flight. I might do that. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to talk all about crowdfunding and how to get money to facilitate a profitable venture. But first, I want to thank our corporate partners who make yes. this show possible. All of them. We told you last week, all of them, all of them, <laughs> plus some, showed up to ProfitCon. Nice. Yeah. The only event in the globe dedicated to Profit. And by the way, 2017 is already planned. It's going to be September 28th to the 30th, I believe. Nice. In Marstown, New Jersey. Yes. Always the last weekend in September. Last weekend in September. Now, here's what you do. Go to ProfitCon.us. P-R-O-F-I-T. 
C O N. That's a cliffhanger. Dot U S. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks, Barry. Go there and uh, get your ticket for 2017. That's how you should be up by at that point, um, right? And you'll Barry, see- you would not miss Proficon, would you? No way. You crazy? <laughs> there you go, Barry. Chewbacca, would you be there? <laughs> I've no Barry works like said. three miles from there. You Seriously, you should get Barry to go to Proficon. Oh, I would love to have Barry there, <laughs> maybe. Should. Yeah, actually, maybe he could be our voice of God. Yes. Ooh. Oh, we should do it. So, Fundera, Fundbox, Nextiva, Receipt Bank, and Zero. We'll give you a shout out or give them give you details on them for now that's that's the shout out but yes. thank you for sponsoring the show and make it a reality christina we've been talking about shout outs any shout outs from uh, folks yeah we actually got a little card in the mail and forgive me if i have a hard time reading his handwriting but um this comes from john oh that's said, the one from john bates right yeah would you like to do the honors yeah i'll read it because <clears throat> i'll paraphrase it mike you're amazing <laughs> all right no i'm kidding okay uh dear mike <laughs> I gotta clear my throat. Dear Mike, thank you for my recent successful trip to Horseshoe Valley, uh, Houston, Halifax, and Nashville. Whoa. Financial freedom, stay home with my wife and my newly born baby of two months. Uh, it goes on and on on what I've been able to do that now that I've implemented Profit First in my life. You, as in the collective you, uh, us. <laughs> made, made us, you made a life-changing difference for us. I cannot thank you enough. Mm, that gives me chills. That wow. gives me chills. We had this post on our wall, and uh, that's the pack, impact of profit first. It's not, yeah, your business is more profitable. And then you can do these things that John did with your profit. Yeah, we have a wall that says how, how we're changing the world since we're on a mission to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. And John is one of the many people who have emailed in thanking us for what we one do. One of the many baby daddies. Baby uh, daddies. Uh, <laughs> who have uh, emailed us. Oh, jeez. Her name is Ariel Hyatt, and she wrote a book that you better, you better have read. If you haven't, go get it, because I'll tell you, it's amazing. It's called CrowdStart, The Ultimate Guide to a Powerful and Profitable Crowdfunding Campaign. Now, I got to be honest. When I said it's amazing, I was looking at the release date. It hasn't come out yet. <laughs> now, it will be out October 25th, so by the time this goes live, it'll be out. Yes. It will be amazing. <laughs> I need to get my copy on it. But this show is going to be dedicated. This show, we're going to focus on how crowdfunding works and how you can use it to make yourself extremely profitable. Ari- uh, Ariel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Welcome. I keep going to the area. I know, it's, Jersey. it's a Jersey thing. Jersey. Jersey. <laughs> And what about the, I, I, I know Arielle was really looking forward to come on our show and, and to do her uh, Chewbacca imitation. Oh, Chris. Uh, really? <laughs> you just went there, went right there. Right there. Does come it on. count if I just tweeted a Chewbacca meme? Can we yes. just leave it at that? Okay, good. I that's think perfect. that's totally counts. Good, okay. Yeah, so, so everybody, the proof is up on Twitter right now at this moment. What's your handle? You really don't want to do it? This is your last I'm, chance. I'm not, not going to do it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Will you tell us about crowdfunding at least? I would love to do that. <laughs> okay. Well, here's the deal, yo, Chiefy. I th- I believe, and this is just my belief, that there's more failures, less people raise money on crowdfunding than they do raise money. Is is that true? This is true. Um, so then, how do you do it right? Well, how you do it right is you first of all realize that the actual campaign is the sort of icing on the cake, a lot of what you have to do is prepare. And not just prepare by recording a good video and making, you know, some juicy offers and, you know, making a compelling story for your campaign, but you need to prepare by really thinking about who is your crowd? Do you have a tribe? Do you have 
friends and followers online? Do you have some rich relatives? Like you need to think about all the people in your life that would be willing to be a contribution to you uh, way before you start your 30 day sprint for the, for the gusto. So are you saying line up your contributors in advance? Absolutely. Oh, that sounds like the antithesis of what crowdfunding is. I thought the idea was the community rises to the occasion basically and gives you money. I think that that's what the media would have you believe, and that's what a lot of people that I coach, and that's even what I thought when I did my own crowdfunding campaign, which is what my book is based on. But you realize very quickly, especially if you're an entrepreneur that's been focused on money, and that's why I'm so excited to be on the show with you guys, is a crowdfunding campaign is actually a sales campaign. And so if you're uncomfortable or flipped out about selling, asking for money, putting yourself out there, it's not going to go well at all. So there is a great statistic from Entrepreneur Magazine that says between 69 and 89% of all projects, depending on the platform, actually don't make their crowdfunding goal. And that's pretty bleak. So really what it's about is understanding that, yes, the community will come You will get some exciting things like people that you've never met will contribute and exciting things might happen on social media. And there are always some wild card surprises in any crowdfunding campaign, but you've got to really think through what you're doing and how you're doing it and also how much money is realistic to raise. I think we would all love to have $100,000 or $50,000 or a huge amount but the average crowdfunding campaign only raises about $7,000. So there's there's also that to keep in mind, which is how much is your tribe really good for? $1 billion. Right. <laughs> so, okay, so if the average raise is $7,000, what is the typical best thing to raise money for? That really depends on what your dream is. So the thing that you obviously want to raise money for is the thing that people will feel compelled to contribute for. So you definitely need to keep your crowd in mind and you want to figure out what would an extra five, seven, ten, twenty, or fifty thousand dollars, if you could get it, what would you do with it? What would be your ideal dream? When I went for my crowdfunding campaign, I raised money to rebrand my company. I raised money to create a course, a digital online social media mastery course, and I raised money to actually do what what we're doing right now, which is I I wanted to self-publish my book. I wanted to hire a proper editor. I wanted to hire a real graphic designer. I wanted to hire a marketing company. And I knew that it would take a lot of money to do those three things. So it really depends on what's your dream and how do you align your dream with your tribe. Hold on. Did you crowdfund your book on crowdfunding? <laughs> I sure did. Nice. Wow. That's a fractal. It, it sure you, is. You should have listened to last week's episode uh, because we did a whole episode around writing a book and the cost for it. Right. And uh, the guest, AJ Harper, Ariel, explained that minimally you should expect to spend ten to 15000 to self-publish even before you buy the books. She was talking about the cover design and the interior layouts and the editors and all this different thing, all these different elements. And 
it sounds like the cost that's just the starting point that 10 to 15 it sounds like it can go to 20 30 40,000 dollars easily did you have to raise a substantial amount of money or did you elect to raise a substantial amount of money through your I did. I, I had a crazy goal, which was $50,000. And okay. my campaign actually ended up raising $62,000. Yeah, I'm wiping away some sweat because if you raised, like, of all people, if you only raised 49000 and you're the crowdfunding author, then you're like, you're screwed. That's so true. I have so, a question. It's, yeah. and it's, I think it's a silly question. I, I'm pretty sure it's a stupid question, but I really need to know. How did you ask for that money? Did, I mean, did you tell people, oh, I want to rebrand my company and I want to publish a book? Like, like when I think about crowdfunding and I th- like for me, if I was going to ask for those kinds of things, I think that people would look at my ask and be like, why am I going to support him rebranding his company? Like, like, how do you ask for things to how do you how did you ask for those things? Yeah. So that's where the importance of the story of your crowdfunding campaign comes in. And I'm, I'm sure you've talked about this on past episodes and it's talked about everywhere. To be successful, everything has to have a compelling story or no one is going to care or buy from you. The same goes with your crowdfunding campaign. So, yes, it was all about those things that I wanted to do. But what my campaign story was, was please make me help me get my dream realized. That was what I asked for. So yes, the the vehicle for that was rebranding my company and creating a digital campaign. But how I packaged it was, you've known me in a very specific domain. You've known me in the music industry. You've known me as a person who's been an advocate for helping people in a very deep niche. Now is my coming out party and I would like to help more entrepreneurs and yes, obviously include musicians and artists and the people in the music industry that I've been serving for 20 years. But my dream is to blow the roof off of that. And I can't do that without a substantial financial investment to get this book done, to get the course done and to get the rebrand done. And my community loved it and they went for it. Nice. Ariel, can you walk me through the standard makeup of a good campaign? I want to I want to run a campaign, let's say. How do I go about the whole process? The first thing you should do as we talked about at the top of this interview is before you even go into your process, you need to really take stock and ask yourself who in my life is is really supportive of me? And you want to actually make a list of if I went and I asked every single person I know for money, Who's good for 10 bucks? Who's good for 100 bucks? Who's good for 1,000 bucks? And who's good for in between? Then what you want to do is you want to really understand and study the science of crowdfunding, the brilliance of having all of these different crowdfunding platforms and having all these case studies is there's a lot of amazing statistics. And I put a lot of them in the book to kind of ground everyone that's reading, but understand how many levels of rewards you should be offering. So the answer is somewhere between five and nine. You don't want to have too many to overwhelm people. You don't want to have too few. There's also a sweet spot in the reward categories. You want to have some rewards that are around $75 because that's an average crowdfunding campaign give. You also want to be really careful that you're not um, doing like a $1 or a $5 tier because if people are going to give five, they probably will give 20 So start a bit high. 
So you want to make sure that you have a compelling video. You want to make sure you've got a great name for your campaign. You want to make sure you've got five to nine, ideally seven to nine great offers and rewards. And then what you want to do is clear your damn calendar because you're going to need 30 days, hours a day to really focus. And that's where I see people fail is they think I just push a button, I just go on Kickstarter or I just go wherever and I you know, put a few little posts on social media and everybody's going to come with the money. That is where the failure will start to happen. So it's about every day on top of your job, on top of what you do for your own career and your business and your family and your life, you need to have two to three hours a day to just focus for the whole 30 days on your campaign. Okay, but let me give you a a unique circumstance that I just heard of. I know someone who had a great campaign, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and is so overwhelmed now, can't deliver on it, and it seems to be unwinding the campaign's success. He promised to deliver this product a month or two ago and now can't do it. Have you seen people run into that problem, and how do you navigate that if, if you have? This is a common problem. This is like the embarrassment of riches problem, right? He probably never expected that to happen. He needs to probably, I would imagine, get a team around him that can help facilitate the delivery of of whatever this is because this happens often. And my advice in this area is your crowd will not be upset if you don't deliver as long as you communicate what's happening. So he needs to be really clear with his communication and say, hey, I I don't have the right manufacturer or, hey, I've hit a snag in my delivery or, hey, there's been an unexpected issue. As long as you share and you are humble and clear, people will be super forgiving. And I've seen this so many times. And I've contributed to quite a few campaigns where, you know, a year later something shows up and you're like, oh, yeah, I crowdfunded that a long time ago. Um, So that is definitely a pitfall. But I think communication and problem solving are, are your, I mean, that sounds very, very trite, but those are the, those are the keys. Are there, uh, I talked about GoFundMe in the intro. Are, are there sites out there, maybe GoFundMe is one, where people just contribute without a return? They don't get a benefit. They just get the benefit of knowing they've contributed to somebody. Absolutely. And GoFundMe is exactly that. And we see that with medical emergencies or, people lose their house in a fire or they need something urgent, GoFundMe is the perfect platform for that. I would not recommend that platform. If you're you know, a musician putting out an album, you should use the appropriate platform for you. And of course, there's now hundreds of platforms and there's a lot of niche platforms as well. So you definitely want to do your homework about which platform is right for you and think about why you're choosing that platform. Is there scams? I actually, I have never seen one in the news. But I presume GoFundMe people are like, oh, I'm going to fake a heart attack and raise fifty thousand dollars, or maybe on uh, another funding platform for their business. Oh, I'm making this product, and then they they're a fly by night and disappear. I, I've never heard of that, but I, I presume that's happening, right? It has happened. I've read a couple of you know freak incidents like that. 
Indiegogo and Kickstarter are pretty, they're very, very diligent in, in the research that they do when a campaign goes live. There's always a approval process. So you can't just like throw up your campaign and be like, hey, everybody, they actually vet it and check to make sure that you're legit. Um, and there's also some pretty stringent banking laws around your campaign. So you have to like prove that you're not, you know, a drug dealer or doing something super shady. Um, and the most of the major crowdfunding campaign platforms are very savvy to this because they have to stay in compliance. So mm. they're not going to let scammers, you know, abound. But yes, I have read about and heard once in a while something creepy happens. Where do, um, how do I approach a family member or whatever? If I, if I have people that I know I can go to and raise some money. So say I went to my sister um, and said, hey, hey, Sid. Um, that's my nickname for her. I nickname everyone, just so you know. Everybody gets I, Actually, nickname. I just nicknamed uh, Eleni at the office. Yeah, now Kravitz. Kravitz now, yeah, yeah, Kravitz. What's Ron's <laughs> nickname? Obi-Ron. Oh. Obi-Ron Kenobi. And uh, Christina's Kebby, Aaron's Mo, Mike is Hawaiian Lumberjack. And I'm now Fat Daddy Fat Bag. Well, you're Flash. We can still call flash, you Flash. Flash. Or <laughs> Fat Daddy Fat Bag. But what, what if, uh, I'm trying to think of a nickname for you. Ariel, but say I I go to someone that I know is going to fund me. Isn't there a response going to be just? I'll give you the money. Like I don't want to go through these machinations of going on the web and setting up an account and all this different stuff. Uh, isn't it hard to convert over people that want to give you money in the traditional sense as and and make them do these extra steps just to fund you? Mm, I'm not sure how many of your friends and family just give you money. I mean, I, no one that's actually a, is true. Right. I was going to say that's like a, it's a world that I wish I had. Um, yes. I, it's funny. Even during my campaign, my aunt, my godfather, they were very confused by the whole setting up the credit card thing. So I was, right. I was very happy to just accept the check. <laughs> um, and I actually talk about that in the book, be prepared for that. But if you are going to ask, you know, you're, you're an 80 year old or your grandma or someone who's not used to using technology, um, they might hit a stumbling block. And then you you should make it very easy for them to give you the money, no matter how that's going to be, whether it's PayPal or you set up a Square account and literally take their credit card number over the phone. Um, those are things that happen in every single person's campaign that I've ever coached where there's someone that just cannot figure out how to use the platform. Just make it easy for them because you want their contribution even if it doesn't and get And how do you make included. it easy? You just take the check and then you you set it up like you were them? Yeah, you can do that or I mean, you know, if you have any integrity at all, take the check and just mail them the the goodies or invite them to the party or whatever the reward level is. It doesn't but, all But but I'm have I'm trying to, to figure out how do you get displayed? Like I I presume the reason I want Aunt Betty's money uh, is to show other possible future contributors that someone else has already contributed and there's substantial money, right? Of course. So how do I get Aunt Betty, who has no clue how to do go on any of these websites, how do I get her money recognized as an Aunt Betty contribution? You're going to have to find a cousin or go over to her house and walk her through it if you really need oh, okay. her contribution on that platform. Um, okay. Yeah, that would be that would be what I would do there. But yeah, that's that's a tough one. Okay. Um, is there some things that are just absolute no-nos when it comes to crowdfunding? Like, uh, I don't know, it, material that's like adult material, like you, you'd never do crowdfunding for that stuff. 
Christine was like, yeah, yeah absolutely. You I'm do like, it. really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking, there, is there certain categories or certain things? Like, if you're looking to raise money for XYZ, don't use crowdfunding. I think the beauty of the internet is there's... Sickos there's, everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely that. But, yeah. I mean, there's a niche for everything, right? I mean, if you really know your audience and if you're really creating a good, a product, a service, or something for them, you'd be amazed at what people will raise money for. I think as long as you have a crowd that is supportive and on board, you could raise money for anything. And could it hurt you in the long term? Say I sell a a coaster. So I got a coaster here. Nice one, right? It's pretty. It's beautiful. So I'll hit on the microphone so you can hear it. Now (laughs) Now you know it's a coaster for real. I can't deny that. That coaster... Say I decide to sell it on the crowdfunding platform. I give away bonuses. Maybe I reduce the price a little bit. I do different things to build excitement. Now I'm in business. Uh, Don't I have now a recorded history of selling this coaster at a discounted price and giving away stuff? Will it make it more difficult to sell stuff in the future because of the discounted past? Not necessarily because... That's the benefit of being in someone's crowd. If you think about the coolest cooler, that was that massive, you know, crowdfunding campaign that went bonkers and all the early adopters that were smart enough to buy one of the original coolers was delighted because they got that cooler at a discount. But it was a great campaign because it showed proof of concept. Not only did it show proof of concept that like here's something that a lot of people clearly want. But it had a cool factor, like you got the discount or you got the extra bonuses because you were smart enough to get in on the ground floor. So there is a cool factor to being an early adopter. And I think people understand, you know, like with the Pebble watch, the watch was a smashing success after it came out and there were tons of people that bought it after the fact. So, you know, it's a great proof of concept and I don't think people get really that upset about it in the long run. Hmm. I'm looking up Pebble Watch now. I never heard of it before. All right. So, uh, okay. So you have me convinced. Uh, what are the sites to go to for crowdfunding? Is there, can you maybe give us a list of two or three or four with what they cater to? Absolutely. So in my book, I talk about, you have to make a big decision when you're crowdfunding and that is, do you want to do an all or nothing or do you want to do a partial raise platform? And the two biggest ones are, of course, Kickstarter. Kickstarter is an all or nothing platform. So if I want to raise $25,000 and I raise 24999 I do not get any of my money. Then there's... there's Then there's Indiegogo, which is another very large platform that does allow you to do a partial raise. So you could keep, you know, what if you you fall grossly short and you only raise 10000 I think that once you take the effort to do a crowdfunding campaign, $10,000 is still a lot of money and you've gone through the effort and the pain to ask everyone in, in the world that you know for money. You should be able to keep a partial raise. So I would look at Indiegogo for that. Indiegogo is also a wonderful platform if you want to associate with a not-for-profit. So if you're doing something that has a charitable aspect to it, they can align you with a not-for-profit so that a portion of what you raise can go to charity. 
So those are the two biggest players. Of course, we've talked about GoFundMe. If you're looking to do something for a medical emergency or you're looking to raise money for a school or, you know, do something that's strictly really personal without a rewards attached to it. And then one I would love to give honorable mention is Pledge, Pledge Music. They are for the musician and artist community, um, and they do a fabulous job of helping musicians raise money for projects and tours and their dreams. And as you know, the music industry is in a very crazy place right now. So it's really helped musicians get money in their pockets and further their careers. Do you, and do you have any specific tip to ensure that if you use a Kickstarter or you do any of these programs from a business perspective to launch a business, to sell a product, do you have any tip to ensure profitability to make sure you don't actually raise money but lose in the process? That's really about being a savvy business person, right, before you yeah. start your campaign. And luckily, anyone listening to this has you and you teach people how to measure profit and what that really means. So Really I think we've got our shout out, Christina, for the next episode. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. That's all I want. I just wanted to hear you talk about me. That was quite frankly. That's so, more you, than know, I, you know, that's the key right there is, you know, don't be an idiot about this. If you have a product, you have to make sure that you're building in your postage, your handling, you know, all the all the bits that you might not think about. There is a theme going on, Christina. Last week we talked about don't be an idiot, <laughs> yeah. right? Wow. <laughs> Ariel, this has been very <laughs> insightful. Um, where can people learn more about you and your great new book? So my book, there's a free chapter available for download, and you can read all about it at my website, which is arielhyatt.com. Or I'm a Twitter addict, so if you want to find me there, I can be found at CyberPR. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. Thank you. It's been fun. Thanks, Ariel. We were, you know, we were kind of chill on her, Chris. We didn't, we didn't go all in on making her make sounds. So. Before, yeah, on the did. preamble, which we didn't have online, we should have been recording that, but we didn't put it online. She was like, I thought she was going to go crazy. I thought she was going to just go off the well, she's deliver. See, she is so knowledgeable and so expert that she's delivering so much value that she's like, she doesn't want to get nutty with us too much. She doesn't need the fl yeah the fluff I throw in to ruin <laughs> the show. Right? She actually brings intelligence to the show. Exactly. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> she's the smart one. <laughs> you know, in a second, Chris and Christina, we're going to talk about what we learned from Ariel. But first, I want to thank our corporate partners. Please. I keep throwing Chris off. He's like, do I sting him? Do I not sting him? You want me to punch? If you ever want me to punch you, just punch me. Oh, hell no. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. I don't want you punching me. Let me tell you about our sponsors. I want to start with Zero, our premier sponsor. I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a crowdfunding plug-in for their cool accounting system because they wow. have so much flexibility. You can plug in this. You can plug in that. <laughs> you can plug in everything. Yeah. <laughs> Christine's like, don't. Just don't even go there. <laughs> no, Zero, it's our accounting platform. We've used it for two years. We love it. Highly recommend it. It's the most innovative accounting platform on the cloud. Receipt bank. How yes. many receipts are floating around this disgusting desk? Of I can spot 20. 20. Easily 20. I leave them there because I scan. My problem isn't keeping track of these receipts. I scan them into receipt bank. So they're already recorded. It just sits here. You just hoard them. What did I say? I spent 20 bucks on what here? <laughs> oh, the station. That was for, that was for two drinks. $20. Wow. I will wow. never go there again. 
Um, and they're not a sponsor. But if the station in Mountain Lakes was a sponsor, they'd be lauded on the show. <laughs> Nextiva. How awesome is Nextiva? Next Voice Diva. over IP. <clears throat> love them. Oh. I'm speaking at NextCon. You guys got to join me out there. It's in Phoenix this November. So right when this is broadcasting, you can still get your ticket right now. Go to NextCon. Uh, I guess it's NextCon. Yeah, I think so. Or just go to NextIva. It's N-E-X-T-I-V-A. Check out their upcoming events. I'm keynoting. Now, Chris, they're putting me, no lie, dude, they're putting me on a stage with the opener, Steve Wozniak, the, the co-founder of Apple. Yeah. Then me. Then Guy Kawasaki, Art of the Start. <laughs> like, one of these eggs doesn't match. You know what I'm saying? It's a Macalla sandwich. The Macalla sandwich. Like, what? Yeah, put me in the middle. Because now more people are going to show up. It probably says like, Mike, please clean the stage between Steve Wozniak. Yeah, yeah. And- <laughs> I read it as I'm a keynote. Fundbox. Mm. Oh, invoice financing, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So cash flow accelerator, really, what it is. If you have invoices due to you, Fundbox releases the funds to you in its entirety. And then when you collect the funds from your client, you just return the funds to Fundbox. Show me the money. Show me the money. It's a show me the money button. Yeah. You know, it's funny. They have, you know, these buttons like we have, here's a show the money button. That's our (laughs) cha-ching button on my desk. The the Fundbox money. Now, this may be myth or folklore, but I believe it to be true. You hit their button as hard as you can, and it actually shoots the money out into your stomach. Ow. (laughs) It just blasts it into you. Okay. And then there's Fundera. And Fundera, oh. our buddy Meredith Wood over there, yep. mm. who was at ProfitCon and had to leave for a wedding? Yeah, she came just you know to say hi and to, to talk about Fundera for a little bit, and then she just scooped because her best friend was getting married. Th- that's commitment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's commitment. Fundera is a one-stop source for any of your loan needs. Okay, that's our corporate partners. We love you guys, and uh, you as a listener should be checking these folks out. Uh, Christine, what did you learn on today's episode from Ariel? I learned that communication is key. And you, if people are giving you money to help you produce a product or whatever it is that you need them for, keep them updated. They want to know what's going on, whether you're succeeding, whether you're failing. As long as you're honest, I think people will continue to support you. I took away prompt. Uh, pump the prime. No, prime the pump. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Prime the pump and then build a wall. Prime the pump. Prime the pump. Meaning you got to get supporters before you pursue supporters so that those future supporters see the past contributions of other folks. It builds that momentum. And then my favorite, I circled it, don't be an idiot, just because I've heard that twice now. If you, you know, Listen, Go into this with business savvy, not you're going to raise money. The question is, how much are you going to net at the end? Mm. Even crowdfunding, you got to be profitable. I mean, if you're raising money because you have an illness and you're using GoFundMe, the goal here is not to have some money left over. Oh, uh, yeah. But in a business sense, if this is a business objective, you got to ensure that profitability is baked into your crowdfunding. Chris, how about you? Bruh. Help me realize my dream. That's the... Mm. That's the story she said that we should portray or that should be portrayed through a crowdfunding campaign. I love that because that answered my question. It's like, okay, we want to rebrand the company. So what? Who cares about that? Like, why why would Aunt Matilda give me any money to rebrand my company? But the story is great. And and it's funny because it ties into what I'm uh, really spending a lot of time building right now, which is my dream, which is pause your life. It's an actual nonprofit organization. Yes, it's an official nonprofit. And we're uh, facilitating retreats and meetups 
for people who want to hit the pause button. You know, life is so relentless. Life never stops. And, you know, the, the famous Stephen Covey idea of sharpening the saw. Right. And there's a story like with Abraham Lincoln. I'm not sure if it was true, but they said if if Abraham Lincoln had six hours to cut down a tree, he'd spend the first four hours sharpening the saw. Right. So what happens in life is we keep working, working, working and banging our head against the wall. And if we don't stop, then we're not as effective. We're not as strong. We're not as healthy. So that's what pause your life's all about. And that is my dream. So I don't know. It's an official nonprofit, so I might have to choose one of these platforms, Mike and Christina, and maybe I'll do a little crowdfunding. Yeah. And by the way, uh, if if the listeners didn't notice, you dropped the keyword. It's Aunt Matilda. That's today's keyword. (laughs) If you email email Christina uh, at MikeMcCallowitz.com, and you can prove that there is an Aunt Matilda or any... It it could be your (laughs) Uncle Matilda, for God's sake. If there's any kind of Matilda, if that's your name, someone in your family's name, or even remotely close... The first person that sends that in, Christina at MikeMcCallowitz.com, will get all four of my books mm. autographed and signed, mailed right to you. Uh, but you've got to hey, have proof. Christina what, with a K. The, Matilda K. might be listening, dude. That's what I'm saying. Matilda, like, yes. email me. Your whole life, you've been like, I've been cursed with this name. <laughs> and now you're like, finally. <laughs> Free books. Finally, oh. I've been relieved. All right. Yes. That's all I got. Well, this is great. You can also leave your takeaways too. That's right. You're listening. I'm talking to you now. You who listening right now. You, you who have takeaways from what was was discussed here, right? What Ariel said. So what are your takeaways? Go to profitfirstpodcast.com, go to episode one twenty three, and go ahead and comment on the post. And we want to know your questions and your comments. And while you're there, you can see all our previous episodes and you can also uh, click to see us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also rate and review our show. There's a lot of stuff you can do to help our show. It actually helps us a lot. And we never actually ask for that, Mike. We never, we've never said on this show how important it is to to rate and review this show in iTunes. Like we haven't. We should and we should I mean, be saying it. It's if we if we followed Ariel's direction, I would have asked my aunt Matilda to put some great <laughs> reviews up there in advance. So I, I missed that one. So, but you know, it is important. We want to spread the word. And the best way, actually, I was about to say the only way, the best way to spread the word is reviews, because then when other people see reviews, it gets more reviews, and it gets the momentum going, and then iTunes ranks it higher. So uh, we'd love for you to review the living crud out of us. That's right. And we're happy to be part of your profit journey. And Mike, you are just changing the world over there, you and Christina and Obi-Ron with Profit First Professionals. I mean, this your whole business is unheard of. Unheard of. Here's our, our mission. We are looking, well, our, our tagline is to eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. 83% of entrepreneurs that run their businesses today are surviving check by check. They are barely floating. They scary. are about to drown. It's scary. It's terrifying. And I bet you, you listening right now, you're in that boat too. Our mission before, hopefully I wrap up on this planet, is that 83% of businesses will be profitable, won't live nice. under the stress of the day-to-day uh, lifestyle of, of surviving check by check. It's going to take a Herculean effort. And why don't we start it with you? Why don't we make your business profitable? Now, here's how you do it. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the Find button. We will introduce you to an accountant, a bookkeeper, or a coach, whoever, whoever suits your needs, to help to guide you through profit first and hold you accountable to drive the profit in your business. 
Now, I know you need an accountant, bookkeeper, or coach anyway. You're, you probably have hired all three of these people. So it's not like this is a brand new person, someone that you've never used before. This is someone that's doing the core functions you need. But here's the big thing. They are specialists in profitability. Every element of their business, every way they support you, has profit in the forefront. So go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com, click on the Find button. We'll make the introduction. You'll make profit. It's that simple, <laughs> really. So thanks for listening, really. We're happy to be part of this journey, your profit journey. And um, and by the way, uh, Mike, your new book, Surge. Surge. Good stuff, my brother. Good stuff. Oh, I'm happy you're enjoying it, my, my yes. brother. And uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So <laughs> check out our website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. Thanks again to Ariel Hyatt and Mike and Christina and Obi-Ron and the Hawaiian Lumberjack. He hasn't been on the show in a while, Mike. Who? Oh, oh yeah, no. Because we're Jag. Yeah, now we're totally screwed because we're in, this, oh. we're in the old space for the podcasting. So the Lumberjack right now is out there on the phones making profit for folks. There you go. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. See Bye. I'm fading. Get out, get us out, get us out.